Welcome to No Filter, a skincare podcast featuring the good, the bad, and the unfiltered. Hosted by myself, Courtney Adams. And me, Griffin Churchwell. That is, that's funny because I didn't, I didn't know what was going on with you. And so I thought maybe you didn't want to be my friend and you thought you didn't know what was going on with me. Well, it's because, you know, it was like, it's already hard enough for us to find time to record because we like to record in person so we can like see each other talk. We're not like interrupting. Well, we still interrupt sometimes, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's more, it's more of an organic bounce back in person than online. But it was like first time we were supposed to record and usually Griffin we're picking up the podcast because Maggie was like record this we're gonna tell you who Maggie is in a minute (laughs) but Maggie's our guest today um but she was like you guys should be recording this this is like a healthy conflict resolution between friends and it was like (laughs) Griffin and I I was like are you thought you were mad at me she's like I thought you were mad at me and I'm like no I know she's like I wasn't mad at you I thought you were mad and I was like no so um yeah so I thought you were mad at me because, like, we were supposed to record on a Sunday, and then, like, kind of last minute, I was like, Ugh, I'm just not feeling it, right. or something like that. Yeah, I know. We had a few, like, Sundays where, like, we were supposed to, and then it fizzled out, um, and, like, you know, on my end, I was dealing with some, like, gnarly seasonal depression that I went on antidepressants too. for. Okay, I didn't know that. So, I thought no. maybe that was going on with you. Um, but then I don't know, it was like, we just tried and then it just fizzled out. And then I was like, well, I don't know. And then like, you know, I stopped seeing all your stuff on social media and I was like, oh, like, wait, am I um, like blank to you? Does it look like I have no posts? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Like it looked to me, it looks like you blocked me. And I was no. like, oh my God. <laughs> so listen to this. It was happening. Like it happened to my best friend, Treja. Yeah. Um, it's happened. It did. Mm-hmm. It's happening to like a bunch of my clients where it looks like I have zero posts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can see how many people I follow and how many people follow me and you can still see all my links. If you click on the links, it's still my links, hmm. but you can't see anything else. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. And it, it only is happening to like a certain few people. Like it's not everyone. Weird. Like um, for my business account, I they can't we can't even tag my personal account. And then if you go to our um, podcast account, mm-hmm. uh, No Filter Skincare Podcast <laughs> on Instagram, um, it looks like they can look up you and then it unlinked me. Weird. Yeah. So, I, haven't, I haven't been on, well, I barely check in so on the you, culture. So you really had a reason to think I might be well, mad. Yeah. And what's interesting is after you reached out to me about recording this weekend, like I've been thinking about it because I'm like, okay, she wants to, yes, we're going to hang out again. Like, see, oh my I, know, like, I knew things were wrong and I knew we just weren't communicating and I wanted to talk to you, but also wanted to talk in person. Yeah. Because through text, you just can't tell um, tone. And, and you when, and I are both like straight to the point texters, I think. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I didn't want to come off like abrupt, but I wanted to be like, so did you block me on social media? Because. <laughs> Because oh for us, God. part of well, so much of our friendship, this is what I've been thinking about, you know, we met on social media. So yeah. much of our friendship is we literally see what we're up to all day. And like, I've been cut off from that. So I'm like, like I have no idea what you've been up. I have no idea what you've been doing. I have like oh no God. idea what's going on with you. Oh my like, God. Remember when I text you in January and I was like, are you okay? Are you not feeling well? That's when I noticed you weren't on social media. And I was like, she's not posting at all. That's so weird. I'm going to text her and see if she's okay. 
and you're like, yeah, I'm fine. Just, you know, this or that. And I was like, well, that's weird. Maybe she's just on a social media break. And that was in January. Courtney <laughs> on a social media break. <laughs> right? You got me kidding me, girl. <laughs> well, every, anyway. to say, with that being said, every marketing class I've ever taken is like, post on your stories every day. Stay in the limelight. Make sure they see you or you will lose your business. You know, right. and I'm like, shit. Um, But no, I'm not mad at you. But like half the world must think that I'm mad at them. I'm not. If you're out there, (laughs) if you hear me. If you're listening and you look, it seems like court's stuff is blocked to you. It looks like it could be a glitch with Instagram. Yeah, I've reached out to them and I haven't heard anything. So if y'all know how to fix this, please reach out to me. A client was like, maybe you should just start a new Instagram. And I was like, (laughs) you you don't understand. Listen, you don't know what I've gone through to keep this Instagram I started from the bottom, now I'm here, okay? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so with all that being said, Wow. healthy resolution. Sometimes you just need to be so like, are you mad at me? Sometimes you do. That's that. I'm oh saying, you're like, look at this vulnerability right mm. now. This is beautiful. Renee Brown would be so proud. Oh, God, you just <laughs> leaned right into it, went for yeah. it, and it's over. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Like, oh. I am, it was a relief. I would totally tell you if, like, there was ever something. Yeah. Like, no, girl. Like, In fact, I have nothing but nice things to say about you Same. all Same. the time. Um, okay. okay, so let's let's move forward to our guest today. Um, we have Maggie Jenkins here. She is a senior stylist at Parlor 3 Salons in Brentwood, Tennessee. Um, she is a badass. Um, I just, I have nothing but nice things to say about Maggie. She is someone that I actually am very close friends with. I have been for a long time. She has helped me grow my career. She is a great referral source. And I thought, you know, we were having such a beautiful conversation today. What better person to talk to about what it's like to be a hairstylist at a senior level? What kind of myths should we be avoiding or not buying into how do we break up with a hairstylist how do we meet how do we get to the right hairstylist because y'all some of you know that can be a struggle and then we're kind of gonna round it out with what it's like to be a hairstylist and also have to be the therapist so welcome maggie hi hi i'm glad to be here i'm actually really excited this is my first time Lack of action. (laughs) Well, welcome. Okay, so I kind of like very briefly introduced you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You are from Alabama, and I have been here for I think ten years, maybe a little. I don't remember anymore about that. How long have you been licensed? Oh, um, my gosh, like. I've been doing hair for so long because I did it before I even went to school for it, too, so which I think most people do that. Um, So I guess I've been licensed for like um, nine years because it took me a year after I've been here. So, yeah, and I've been at Parlor three, four, five of those years in, no, six in July. Six. Yeah, that's it, crazy. Time so, flies. Listen, I never thought that I would be somewhere that long because it's hard to do that. Uh, but I really have been able to, especially after management shifted and stuff, been able to just maintain my autonomy and just like they just let me do my thing and I'm 
super grateful for it. Well, something about Parlor 3 um, mm-hmm. is that they usually have like an intro training thing, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. how does that work? So we'll have assistants and they work alongside of us. This is after they've graduated from school and um, we invest as much of like what we have learned over the years into them and teach that to them. Uh, They eventually begin to work alongside of us and uh, they learn to mirror, you know, your mannerisms, things that work, things that don't work. You include them in formulating how to talk to clients. I mean, just, you know, it's like a prep, all of those prep school. Yeah, it's just an apprenticeship. Yeah. And if you want to be a good hairstylist, you will do an apprenticeship. Yeah. If you want to be successful, you will do it because there are things that you will learn in that, which, you know, you could also learn that just by screwing a whole lot of things up, but <laughs> you know, that's fine too, but people will not appreciate that. <laughs> so were you an apprentice at Parlor? When you first got there? No, because I had already done two apprenticeships. Um, <laughs> the first one was not so great. It was uh, just a very bad match. And I, uh, God, I was such a baby, though. It's so funny to think back on it. And, uh, yeah, it was really rough. And so I left there. Uh, but I, I was apprenticed for about two years on that, um, close round round about it. And then... Um, then I moved into another salon after that, and I was only an apprentice there for like six months. And by the time I left there to go to Parlor 3, I had a full clientele, and, uh, I went to meet Melissa, and we did just shake hands, and she was like, oh, we're good. And that's like, the owner. Mm-hmm. She just had an, in- <coughs> like, and hers was complete energy, and then... <laughs> The very night, like, she hired me that day, and they were having, like, this little party thing that night for one of the girls that worked there. It was a birthday party. And I went to the party. It was that very night, and we were drinking a little bit, and Pony came on, and I, like, pinned her up against the wall and uh, started grinding on her, and that was my first time ever hanging out with my boss. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of stuff can go down in the cosmetology <laughs> yes, industry. Yes, it can. <laughs> um, definitely. I will say the the biggest like the biggest thing I see is like you know you have aesthetic departments and you have cosmetology departments, um, and the people are a lot of the girls and guys are usually a lot alike, but the cosmetology girls are always a little bit more wild. Oh, oh yeah. You know? Oh like, my gosh. Like and yeah. <laughs> truly, there is like a. I would say. There is very much a wild lifestyle associated with being a hairstylist. It was something that before I met Joey in the dating game, that came up a lot. You know, like they anticipated me to be kind of a little bit of who I am, but (laughs) (laughs) a little bit worse. (laughs) To me, I feel like I've noticed with hairstylists, like y'all are also, I don't know how to, y'all are like a tougher bunch like you deal with some crazy like women are crazy about their hair <laughs> y'all deal with some cra- I've seen it like when I worked at a day spa and like I would be in the kitchen hanging out with a hairstylist and they'd be complaining about like y'all deal with crazy people <laughs> and I feel like the, the hairstylist that lasted the longest had like kind of the toughest like no bullshit personalities yeah and everyone else kind of like fades away in my opinion that's very much me yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely tend to be the one now. Of course, there's several of us there that are like this, so they have plenty of options to go to. But I am one of the ones that's kind of like that 
I talk to other stylists about, okay, so this is what you need to say. Here's what you need. Because it has made me tough as nails. Yeah. Many things do. A lot of poor choices have made me tough as nails. But but when you deal with, like, such uh, different personalities all day long, every day, and hairstylists, you, like, you're talking. You're not typically yeah. quiet in a room and like an esthetician. you're a long time yeah. with this person. Sometimes hours. three, four hours, yeah. depending on the services that you yeah. do. And I do, like... I'll do a full color and then like a full sewn in head of extensions. That's like four, four and a half hours sometimes or a keratin like smoothing treatment that takes forever. And you're with somebody and you've got to be on it. Yeah, Yeah. you do. You do because they're, you're, they're there for their hair, but they're there for so much more. Yeah, they don't want to be bored either, and neither yeah. do you. Right. And, I mean, it's important that you have a good dynamic with your hairstylist because you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. So if you're somebody who doesn't like to talk a lot and you just want to sit there, then you need to be able to tell your stylist, like, hey, I'm one of those kind of people that just, I just want to sit here. Or it's been a long day. I just kind of want to be quiet. Totally yeah. down with that. Now, if you say that to a stylist and they get offended, then that (laughs) might not be your 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 stylist. stylist. It's it's very important that your relationship can flow because you do spend a long time together and like every, you know, five, six or eight weeks, you know, kind of are the way it goes. So how do your clients find you? Like, how would you say, because you say pretty booked. Uh, Maggie is someone I say senior stylist. I mean, like she's She's senior level. She, I can hardly get into her. So I, and I'm her friend. So how, how do people find you? Do you still take new clients? Uh, I, well, okay. So I had about 13 clients move away okay. uh, since December. So I did have an influx and I'm, I'm kind of ready to slow down on that a little bit again. Cause I'm getting to the point where I'm like, Oh, I don't have a spot for you. And that kind of makes me like, so panic a little bit, you know? Yes, I feel that too. Do you think that, and Griffin, let's all talk about this. Do you feel like we as service providers should ever stop taking new clients? Um, well, I think it depends on what you're going for. Like, I am at a place in my career where I'm really just, I, I loved for the longest time. I I remember waking up one day like a couple years ago and just being like, whoa, I have been grinding for like six years straight and I have not dated. I have not like done anything (laughs) else but this. And I'm like, okay, so, and I was learning new things. I was craving it all and all of this kind of stuff. And I still do enjoy those things. Um, It's just that I, the things that I enjoy the most now are kind of even a little more simple. They're, They're the everyday things, you know, like a little touch up on, your color highlights here, you know, big transformations, not so much anymore, unless it's one of the clients I've already had mm-hmm. and we're kind of tight and I'm like, I could spend some time with you, you know, yeah. like we could do a big thing. I'm cool with that, you know, but like, you know, just having the consistency of them, you know, each other and it's just, it's easy, you know, know what to expect every day. Yeah. I'm kind of getting into that groove in my life. Because yeah. with every new client, there's like, a a little it's like a first date nerve you know it's Mm -hmm. like oh I need to impress you I hope you like me I hope I do a good service so you go out and you have to you tell your friends it's totally first date (laughs) vibes with every client as for me 
it definitely feels that way when it's a male client and I'm about to like laser their asshole or some shit, you know? I'm that? like, okay. Hi, I'm Courtney. I'm going to be your service provider today. Um, That's exactly how I got so good at first dates. Is yes. I started thinking of every oh. new first date as somebody who was potentially going to be sitting in my chair and I know how to get to what I need to get to to figure out you know. Yeah. Well, there's your dating advice, there ladies you go. and gents. Be a, be a hairstylist. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, hairstylists are notoriously horrible relationships. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> okay, what about you, Griff? Do you feel like you ever stop taking new clients or whatever? I have never, like, I've never even thought about that. Um, I guess because I've never hit a space where I'm like, I don't, like, people have always been able to get in, um, even if they had to wait longer than they wanted. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I heard a podcast recently, yeah. and it was an esthetician. She says, I make all my clients book out uh, a year in advance. They book all their appointments for the year. She takes two weeks off um, every, like, six weeks. And it's just, like, a very structured schedule. And I thought, wow, like, I don't like to be booked up past three months because then I can't, like, plan. Yeah. I can't, mm-hmm. like, yeah. change can't things. can't spontaneously yes. go. Yeah. And I'm like, then I feel like I would burn out if it was, like, always boom, 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 you know? It's, it's weird to be to, like, book out a year's worth of appointments because I have so, I mean, I have people who left this week who I was like, make them an appointment for four weeks. Just put it down as a recheck. We don't know what we're going to do. We're going to figure yeah. it out that yeah. day. Yeah. 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 Because, like, their acne's been such mm-hmm. a yeah, you don't know. fickle I thing. Don't I don't sometimes. know what I'm doing. Yeah. I just, like, I just need about this much time. Just give this me this much, what, time. Need this much time. Come back. Let me look at you. But I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, is something I say a lot. Of That's a great <laughs> place to be in with clients, though, where you can, they, they can just come to you and be yeah. like, whatever you need to do today, let's do that. Yes. And that's, that's a you know, yeah. and I still have a few of them that let me know what they want to do, but yeah, always, always, but I admire them too. I mean, you know what you want. Yeah. I don't think I'd, I don't, I would never want to stop taking new patients. I just love meeting new people so much, yeah. especially here in Nashville. Like, you know, once you kind of get through the, like the consult part, like mm-hmm. this is what we're doing and you relax into like the actual conversation. Like people have these crazy jobs I've never even heard of yeah. here in Nashville. Like, there's so many different creative jobs and I just love talking to people all day. And so it keeps I it mean, interesting. Yeah. It keeps it interesting. I mean, I love my regulars. Like there's some, we have like an informal book club happening mm-hmm. in the treatment room during their hydrofacial, <laughs> you know, but I, I just always want to keep meeting new people. Like yeah. it does keep it interesting and yeah. like new problems. And I had this horrific scar come to me the other day and part of me is like, Oh my God, this scar is horrible. And part of me is like, Oh my God, let me at it. You know, like exciting. So totally. Yeah. yeah because it's like, you have, let's say 50 clients, you know, and those are the 50 people you do every single month. It's like, you've already seen their pigment. You've already seen it. You know, I want to see new things. (laughs) I want to do new extractions. (laughs) I can get that for yours. And like, I can get that for different points in my career. I mean, you know, we talked about this earlier. I am in the place because, you know, I have been on my own journey, honey, and it, you, you've seen it all, mm-hmm. pretty much, and it's evident. And um, you are definitely the most <clears throat> um, transformed friend that I have. Um, I feel like you've just done a 180 with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I did. I just I remember 
Not mm-hmm. that you were no a bad person all of before. This yeah. 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 I, yeah, I need to like keep, preface yeah, that. No, I keep saying it's same, same but different. That's just how I keep describing it. Yeah. I am the same person, but I am very different it's, at the I, same time. I would time. say it's like a butterfly. You it's know the what I mean? unburdened version of me is who, who you know now. It's the person mm-hmm. who doesn't feel... Um, compelled to please everybody all the time because I know that it doesn't do them any good either. Yeah. And like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I just, yeah, I learned how to, I went on a journey of radical fucking self-love. That's what I did. And Mm -hmm. I learned how to do it. I learned how to talk to myself. I learned how to cheer myself on. I learned how to reparent my inner child. I took care of me and I did all that shit. And then because of that, I, have dealt like I've dove. I dove. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's the word. You dove head first. <laughs> I dove more into like the spiritual elements of those things because I definitely deconstructed from my faith and um, I took the elements of that that did the most for me and and did well for me. But I've moved on. I've never said that in a way that's going to be public before, so that's a big moment. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, and then I really found peace for the first time. And, you know, it just is what worked for me. I'm not putting anything else down for anybody else. But it was just that's part of your transformation. Yeah. And then I sought out some certifications and other things. Like I started really getting, I realized that I struggled with relationship so bad and I didn't know why. So isn't that interesting, though, because you are in so many relationships at work? Yeah, I know, but I'm just not, have never been good at intimate relationship long term was never something I was good at. I mean, it always happened the exact same way. Hot and heavy, big implosion, hot and heavy, big implosion over and over and over again, just choosing the same thing. And then I sat down one day and was just like, what, after my last one with, um, not who I'm with now, but before this, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it was just like, I sat down one day, I was like, why do I hate myself so much that I keep choosing the same thing over and over again? I am doing this to myself, and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I can't seem to control it. So let's figure out how to control it, you know? And I knew I was in a place of solitude for a while, because I was living by myself, and I had a dog, and I worked a lot of hours, so I knew I was going to be homebound a lot more than I had been before, and there was going to be a lot of alone time, and that alone time was great for me, and it changed me. I say all that to say, again, that when I dove into the spirituality of it all, and I started getting healing in all of these methods, and I started going to see someone for Reiki, and then I learned how to do it. It's just like an energy healing thing, and I learned that I've kind of always been doing it, and I just didn't know it. And what Reiki is is essentially like if you're a Christian, it could be the laying on of hands of people that are coming from true, genuine, unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, when you get a hug from somebody and it's so good that you do feel better, that's Reiki. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. That's in a flow of energy, and I believe in energy. I, I can look at this spiritually and scientifically, like with what we know of energy and how it works. Like it, the vibration of things does change things, and it just kind of elevates your vibration, helps you to kind of even out your emotions a little bit and everything like that. And so <clears throat> I'm leaning more towards that, and I think that's what kind of takes me away from 
wanting to get into like meeting new people all the time yeah. with work and all that kind of stuff because I just want to yeah. you're kind of, way to get to that that that's okay though because someone someone out yeah. there is listening is yeah. thinking oh my gosh I'm in this exact same place uh-huh. right now and but you're transitioning you're taking everything that you already know you're taking everything that you transformed into and you're gonna cha- you're trying to channel it into maybe even a different career path yeah I and mean, so that's long what, term. Long term, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't, don't freak out. Don't, don't don't freak freak out. out. We're, still about to, we're still about to talk about hair here. We're, yes, just, we're we taking are, a we long are. road to I it. love being a hairstylist. I love what I do. And, you know, I'm not too proud to say that a lot of my identity is tied up in the success that I've had. You know, I, yeah. I'm not ready to let that go yet. Yeah. <laughs> I have become a boss-ass mm. bitch, making my own <laughs> money, you know, doing my own thing. I became... So independent, which is something I was so proud of for so long. And now I'm in this phase of learning like, oh, I don't have to be an island anymore. I can let people hear, you know, we can, yeah. you know, coexist. But yeah, I, uh, I'm not ready to let that go. So you got some time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, um, let's talk about hair for a minute because okay. you are the expert in hair. What do you think are first off? Who's your worst? What is who's your worst client and your best client? Okay. Tell us about your worst. Okay. Client. Describe the, your worst client. Um, mm, the worst one I ever had. Uh, <laughs> I had been doing her hair for a while, and then I got really busy, and then she went to see somebody else, and then she was quite literally like hairspraying and flat ironing her hair so much that there was a whole section that just like had burned away. And then she came back to me like, can you fix this? And I helped her as best as I could. Like, there's no way I can describe to you how hard it would be to blend that kind of extension. Like, (laughs) it would take a lot of work because I'm building on a, like, this particular canvas already exists and I'm trying to they take can't some, see what you're doing oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> okay so that you're building um, on a canvas like a canvas where half of it is already there like it already exists on the nape of her neck that hair is already there and it is one color and I'm trying to take in these extensions and make it look exactly like that mm. looks kind of naturally plus with some highlights it's hard I did as best as I could, and we were fine with it for a while, and then eventually one day she came in, and she was just being really difficult, and then she was like, um, I um, I hate my hair. I had just been hating it for so long and just started going off on me wow. like like it was my fault. She started acting like it was my I haven't been happy with my hair in so long in the past few times, and I just I said, I'm going to stop you right there. And I am going to encourage you to do your research and go find somebody who can do your hair. I'm not going to do anything for you today. Um, You can go ahead and go. Uh, Because I think we were like at the end of her service, which I had already done. I was like, I'm not charging you anything from today if you will just leave. (laughs) It was the first time I ever set that kind of like boundary. But I was like, I have done everything in my power to fix a problem that I did not create. And this is all I have to offer you. And I've given you most of it. 
for a discount. The worst client tragic. is the one that f's up her own hair and puts <laughs> yes, the blame on, on someone the, else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> like own your own your shit because like if you're <laughs> yeah. flat ironing the hell out of your bleached yeah. ass hair and you're coming to me being like it's yellow and it's breaking, I'm gonna be like because you are frying the shit out of it. Yeah, and you're probably not using the products that you should be using. And okay. I've already told you this. We're, okay, we're going to go into all that. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, who's your best client? Oh, man, I have so Besides me. Many. Besides me, okay. Oh, God, I have so many great clients. I genuinely do. Like, I, it's hard for me to pick. But I think my favorite one, I actually haven't seen in a while because she has rheumatoid arthritis. And she's yeah. been really, really cautious, rightfully so. She's been in one time. And I've seen her, and then she's just going to space it out as long as she possibly can. And her name is Patty, and I love Patty. Patty's one of my favorites. Uh, she's been with me probably the longest, and, um, yeah, she's just invested. I'm invested. You know, it's there is such a respect there of her time, of my time, mm-hmm. and then we just laugh and cut up most of the time and, you know, do what we can. Yeah, she has a lot of, a lot of her stuff with her hair that we do is problem solving because of the meds she has to take. You know, we have to take all of that kind of stuff into account with how we know the skin around the hair is going to work and all of that kind of stuff. So we do a lot of that kind of stuff and just work together. Um, that's a great. This isn't a question I had written down, but what about clients with like psoriasis and eczema? Um, do you have any recommendations for them when they're getting their hair done that they, you know, because not all hairstylists are trained in knowing what that looks like. I mean, is it safe to color? Yeah. See, if I, I would think now, I mean, I'm an extremist in that way. I started realizing that the amount of makeup and stuff like that I was wearing to cover my acne was what was causing it to be Mm -hmm. so bad. So I quit, you know, so and I don't know that there is any way that putting something with peroxide mm-hmm. in it on that could not be inflammatory. And no matter what, I mean, you could use like a henna-based thing. Um, the problem is it's just really hard to predict how it's going to go, and it doesn't always turn out great. And um, I tell my clients not to. What would you advise, Griffin? No, if it's highlights, totally different ballgame. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to put color on your scalp and that so I'm talking about like color color, color covering yeah. your gray gray coverage for that is is very difficult yeah um I haven't run into like a ton of like even like when I worked in derm I think yeah they would just tell them general products and probably I'm sure dermatologists like stay away from hair color they're like use per so. plus no don't do it <laughs> a lot of derms recommend per plus but a lot of derms <clears throat> don't know how bad it is for hair. I know. <laughs> Have you ever seen those videos of people that can hold their hair out and run like some scissors like down yeah, it along? And it gets the film. And it gets the film off? That would be like using Pert Plus. I used Pert Plus for years. Okay, so my hair story with Maggie. <laughs> oh, my God. Maggie has saved my hair more times than I can count. One time, I threw gasoline on a fire. Literally. <laughs> I don't even remember this, Courtney. This I'm is crazy. so I am so thankful that I did not get, catch my whole 
body on fire. <laughs> it only got my eyelashes and the front part of my hairline. It singed oh my it all. Is this when you had really long yeah, hair? Yeah, yeah. It singed it all along my face line. <laughs> and I don't know how you fix it, but you fixed it. I um, probably just layered it in. You did something. Then another time I remember I painted with an oil-based paint. Uh, um, almost killed myself with the fumes. That's fair. Yeah. And I remember yeah. all I had all this oil-based paint in my hair for weeks. Oh. Weeks and weeks. And I finally came to see you. And you were like, what is in your hair? And I'm like, it might still be some paint. <laughs> it was everywhere. Everywhere. So many flush. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember one time I had a long ponytail. And I... I uh, was washing my face, and I had a candle going, oh. and I, I dipped the tip of my ponytail in the candle, and you had to, fix, you had to cut it out. Oh, so you fixed gosh. my hair a lot. Yeah. Stank <laughs> <laughs> it. That's probably why laser hair does not, laser hair removal does not bother me, the smell of it. And you're one of the funny. few brides I've ever been willing to do. Yes. So you did my wedding hair. And Mm. It was so good. Such um, a good hairstylist. Okay. Uh, what are, what are some hair myths? Like, do you have any on the top of your head where you're like, oh my God, I hear people do this and I <laughs> like just, ugh. yeah. Um, so I think it just really depends on who you talk to. Like, I think there's a whole lot of supposed tos. Like, you're not supposed to wash your hair so much. You are supposed to wash your hair Mm -hmm. more. There's two ways of thinking about that, okay? So, like, your natural oils are really good for your hair. So, you're not really hurting your hair if you go too long in between. But what you are doing is clogging that hair follicle. And that means you could have some shedding, you know? And, um, or if you're a man you know, wearing a ball cap, you know, that covers that up. It really does. It's like a, you know, clogging that pore is something that you should think about. So, you know, I think it's really just what works best for you. Um, If you are getting your hair blonded a lot, you need to do more like conditioning and stuff like that. You need to make sure that you're, so I would recommend shampooing like every two to three days because you need to put that protein back in your hair too in order to if you're if you have like blonde ambition and you like use blonde is a high maintenance color guys (laughs) very high maintenance color you just need to know like if you want it to be good and you're not naturally blonde be ready to do okay so like i'm naturally brunette like think chocolate if you don't know what i look like courtney um, I'm like a chocolate peanut M&M brown, <laughs> right? Like a, is that how you would describe your color? Um, same with my eyes. How mm. I asked a girl how many sessions it would take to get me to platinum, and she said one. Yeah, oh. that's called a platinum card. And just because you don't have any color on your hair. Mm-hmm. So they would just literally take, it, it depended on if you wanted it to be like, a bleach in tone, meaning like you put bleach directly on your scalp. If you wanted to do that, they would have to lighten the ends a couple times and then go through and and they would probably do that with foils and then go through and bleach your scalp out. But you could do it in a day. It just would take forever and it would cost a fortune. How much do you think that would cost? Well, at a, at a, okay, so if I were doing yeah, it. Yeah, if you okay, were doing it. So it would be, hold on. All right, do the math. I know I can't even do it in a minute. 
Well, that's a good like follow up question after she tells us how much that would cost. Is like sometimes when you, especially when you go to a new hair person, like there's not a lot of transparency about pricing. And like if you've moved from a smaller city to a bigger mm-hmm. one, like I hear people talking about they've moved to Nashville and they had no idea how much their hair was gonna like like from smaller places like you know like Alabama or whatever. And they're like, oh my gosh, and. Um, like when I moved from Mobile to Florida, I hit that, but then Florida was expensive, so I was used to that before I got here. Oh, um, Mobile for a minute. So that's where I'm from originally. Okay. And um, so, how, so how much would all that cost? Out of curiosity, so what did you find out? So it's about like depending on how many steps we had to do to do it, because you cannot determine fully how yeah. much the hair. I mean, most of the time you can. Are you charging based on the product or your time? Your time. At that point, mm-hmm. you're doing like a color correction. So you could do it one of two ways. You could do it by the hour or you could do it. Uh, some stylists will do like a sitting fee and then on top of it, they'll charge for the product and the services. So like the people who do, I know the main one that people talk about all the time was when the Kardashians get their hair made over like that in mm-hmm. a day. The girl who does their um, stuff. She has a sitting fee, and I want to say at one point it was like a half day was just $1,200 just to get her to not take any other clients for the rest of the day plus additional cost on top of that. So that's how they do stuff like that. I would mm-hmm. say if you were going with your short hair and all of that kind of stuff in one day like that, um, and you weren't my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not your friend. Um, it would probably be we would have to highlight it twice and then do the root thing. And then so you're looking at probably about 900 to to $1,000. Wow. That's a good, good yeah. little chunk for that. Yeah. And I mean. And the people most do it. People, so. But see, the thing is, is most people don't actually charge that. That's the thing. It's like most people will do that work. A lot of hairstylists, I know that a lot of clients feel like they are getting robbed. But if the, if a stylist works at a good salon and they're a commission-based stylist yeah, and they have done education and they're keeping your hair on your head mm-hmm. yeah. and making it look healthier and better and all of this stuff while giving you a good color and a good cut and all that kind of stuff, like, I guarantee you they're probably undercharging you. Yeah. Like, what should a good cut, hair, good haircut cost? Yeah. Like, for, a good haircut. And for Nashville area. Like, let's just. For Nashville, yeah. mm-hmm. I, but I mean, I know a lot of them don't. And it just, and knowing too that my perspective is limited because I am the world's worst about the whole, I'm, my Instagram game for hair is just atrocious. It's never been my passion for that um so I don't follow a lot of salons around Nashville and I don't know a lot about them but I can just only talk about what I know I charge a hundred dollars for a haircut um and I give you an hour of my time for me it's more about my time yeah like my time is valuable I do have a wait list most of the time and stuff like that and I am going to give you the best that I possibly can when you're in my chair. But I'm also, if I'll tell you too, if you're not the right client for me and I know I can't do what you need me to do or I'm not the best at it or I know that somebody else is better, I'm going to send you. Yeah, totally. Well, when when I went to go cut all my hair off, you were like, you should let Anna Mm -hmm. cut your hair. She like slays with shortcuts. And I was yeah. like, are you sure? And you were like, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, go do whatever your heart desires, which is to the question you were going to ask how to leave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, and you kind of touched on it earlier when I said like, who's your worst client? It was like, how do you break up with your hairstylist? 
Yeah, the best thing, I mean, to me, everybody has their preference, but I'm like, if you just, one, don't just not, don't book an appointment and not show up. No, never. Don't ever, ever do that shit, please. Just don't rebook. Lord, just don't (laughs) rebook. Just either rebook and then call back later and at least cancel your appointment. At least cancel it. Don't just not show up. But you don't ever have to come back to see me. Mm -mm. And I'm not going to call you. And I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to do any of that shit. If you need to go, go. Yeah. Do whatever your heart desires because I want to enjoy my time when I'm in that chair. I mean, when I'm behind that chair. And I want you to enjoy your time when you're in it. And if I'm not the one that works for you, that is so fine because you might not be working for me either. I feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And there are other people. You can't you can't approach shit like that with a lacking mentality. You have to approach it with that. There are always more people. Just like there might be another stylist or esthetician or something like that that is for you. Also, yes, there are cheaper. That's what I tell people when they when they say things to me like well, so-and-so does it for this. You should totally take advantage of that deal. That's a great deal. You know, I'm like, I personally would rather have the client that doesn't complain about my price because there is someone on that wait list that will totally take the slot. And I hate to be that person, but it's like, you're paying for my eight years of experience. You're, you're paying for my technology. You know, one thing is like with lasers and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, do you charge on the product? It's like, yeah, a facial, you get more time and it might be cheaper than a laser that takes me 20 minutes, but that's because that laser not only costs me a warranty every year, it also, I have to pay on the device. So mm-hmm. yeah. I hear people say like, well, that only took you da 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 And it's like, well, that's because it took me eight years to yeah. get that right. good to do it that quick and give you a damn yeah. good service. So like and a haircut. you can trust completely. Yeah, like yeah. my haircut takes Anna not even... 20 minutes but it's because she's she knows so much yes. she knows exactly what she's doing and i'll and pay her that 90 dollars for 20 minutes yeah. because i'm in and i'm out yeah. yeah um that's that's another thing too like if you find like a good service provider like where you just know things are gonna go right like you will you know you will pay for that because you won't yeah you won't mind it because you know you're gonna get a good service mm-hmm. you know you're gonna be in you know you're gonna be out and you know what to expect but um, I feel the same way that you, like when you were saying, like, I've gotten that too. Like, why do you charge this for this like laser when it only, like, especially cause I do a lot of like surgery scars and like things like that where like, it really does take like, take me minute like seconds yes. to numb yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. Like, and they want to numb and I'm like, okay, you can cut numb, but you have to be here early and you're going to sit over there because like, I'm not taking up my, well, in my head, I'm like, I'm not taking up my room with you numbing. You can sit in this extra room, but, and then I get them over there. I'm like, yeah, the numbing took 20, 30 minutes. The laser takes me less than a minute. Two like, seconds. And they're yeah. like, why didn't you try? I'm like, well, be, because I've been doing this for 14 to 15 years and that's why it takes me that long. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. It's like laser um, hair removal. I'm like, your lip and chin will take me three minutes tops. Yeah. And that's with me already cleaning the laser and putting it away. <laughs> it's like, it's just how it is. You're paying for the Ex- device. Experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and to know you're not going to get burned. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so Experience, ye- yeah. years ago, when I first started with um, Plastic Surgery Center, we did price match with Cool Sculpting. My practice manager would let me, if someone came in with a quote from somewhere else, we could price match if it was lower. And then I had this patient who had art, she was a patient of the practice. 
of ours, surgery and my facial patient, and I think she's already done some cool sculpting with me too. Well, she came to me with this price quote from another plastic surgery center that had just started doing cool sculpting. So of course they had these like cutthroat price, like horror. Like I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, if uh, cool yeah. saw this, it'd be illegal because they monitor their pricing strictly like Apple does. Yeah. Um, most most things are doing that now to protect yeah, providers. Yeah. yeah. And um, so she's a sweet patient, but she kind of was not my favorite and she was really pushing like the pushing back on the cool sculpting pricing with me mm-hmm. you know and she had been doing that with other things and I was just getting tired of it and I went to my practice manager about I was like look she get, brought me this from so and so and she was like Griffin she's just going down there to get a quote to bring yeah. it to us she's like tell her no and so I went back and told her no and she's like well I really want to get it done here because I like you I like Cecilia I think you're a good provider I know you've cool sculpted in the past and I'm like you are just naming all the reasons why you need you deserve to pay me my full price because you're not going to go get jacked up by somebody yeah. who's barely been doing this yes. when I've been doing it for eight to nine years. Yes. That's exactly why I don't price match anymore. Yes. Preach, girl. Like, preach. Keep going. Keep going. Like, like <laughs> go, don't go somewhere cheaper. Just like try and bring it back to me. Like when you've gone somewhere that doesn't have nearly the experience. Yeah. That Same I, goes for injections. You know, don't so. go somewhere for the cheaper Botox and the don't cheaper filler because you will pay later. <laughs> yeah. You will pay mm. later. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry. Let's, so break up. Just don't go back. Don't go back. Don't go back. Yeah. And you don't owe anybody an explanation for. Okay. Let me ask you something else for yourself. I got an opinion question for y'all. I had this client. It was she was actually a referral from my husband. So my husband is a roofer. Um, and every now and then, the people will be like, well, "What does your wife do?" You know, mm-hmm. it's like she owns a spa. Oh, okay. So this lady, she was probably eighty-five. No joke sweetest thing ever and she came to me probably three or four times and then the last I heard before pandemic she was going to Mexico with her son and her kids um, and I was like awesome she's like I'll see you when I get back COVID happened and it's been a year y'all and it's like you know how you say like we're not I won't call you don't, I won't don't worry I'm not gonna like seek you out but I'm like something in me I'm like I hope she's okay so do I call do I call and see if she's okay it's not like I want her to I'm like come spend your money with mm-hmm. me but it's like I'm just make I think sure it, you're okay I think if you're having that instinct like I think you should call because I've had those feelings too and people have been mm-hmm. like oh my gosh and like you find out they have breast cancer or things mm-hmm. have been happening yeah yeah and they mean to maybe come back in I mean I do think, like, if you're having that kind of, like, little, if, if like, your gut's telling you to call. So yeah. A lot of times I feel like it's for That's a reason. It's a different thing. You're not reaching out to yeah. her trying to get her no, back in your no, space. No, 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 You're just checking in. Yeah, because even my because husband was like, different. have you heard from Mrs., you know? And I'm like, you know, I haven't. And I'm like, and she she just thought the world of him. Like, mm-hmm. I think go. she had a little crush on him. You Aww. know, it was cute. <laughs> then call her and say, you know, Zach and I were just thinking about you and wondering yeah. how you were doing through COVID. Right. Like, just do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zach and, and I both were. There's nothing. I mean, people, yeah. everybody appreciates being thought of. Thought of. I mean, you know, I, you know, there's this, like, you know, that makes me think of, like, sometimes, like, when it's coming from, like, church when you haven't been in a while, and somebody's calling, we're just calling to check on you. It's like, no, you're not. You're wondering why I haven't been <laughs> yeah. to church. I, this is a different ballgame. I'm genuinely worried about you, honey. I yeah. want to make sure you're okay, and I send mm. you love and light. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay. What would be a good way to tell your hairdresser that you're not happy? 
with your hair yeah. or you don't like the service you just got. Yeah. Just or like, um, like you just got finished cutting my hair and I'm like, I hate it. You know, like yeah. what, what is okay. that? What's so that moment? You will one, I will say tips to hairstylists on that is there is a lot of power in your consultation that you make sure you are getting all the information that you can. And there is, that is an art to be learned. Trust me, that's mm-hmm. one of the things you will learn how to do if you work with a good mentor. They will teach you how to pull out everything you need from that conversation. That way, when you go back to it, you can say, remember, we talked about this. We talked about this. We did this. And if I messed up, then I messed up, yeah. you know? And I'm going to own that. I've always owned that. And I always tell my clients, my emotions are not attached to your hair, but yours are. So it is okay for you to have an opinion about this. And I want your feedback because I want you to be happy. And I can make that happen. You just got to tell me what you want. Like, I encourage that kind of stuff. Now, I also really know how to just, like, kind of guide that conversation too, where it doesn't get too heated or anything like that because they know that if they are like oh this piece just feels a little bit too blonde for me come in I can put a little low light in it or is it one of those things that you hate so much that you can't deal with it or do can you wait until the next time a lot of times it's they can wait until the next time if they have an extension slipping I'm gonna fix that you know things like that so I think it's creating honestly clients should be allowed now there are clients that abuse that for sure I mean a lot of clients do this buyer's remorse thing when they feel how much it was and then they call back with some kind of bullshit complaints that were just like oh yeah all we know we know your husband just found out how much you spent (laughs) (laughs) I love my clients that are like with this and have cash and I'm like girl you can do whatever you need to do whatever well okay that's an interesting conversation for us to have as service providers where people pay and like people you know for certain things if it doesn't get the desired result they want you know like I want my money back and it's like they don't understand like you know, like the, the doctors had to pay time. me. That's still time. That's still, I mean, there's disposables involved with the service mm-hmm. that we had to cover the price of. Like, yeah. we can't just we're losing you. money. We can't just like, refund you 100% because things didn't turn out exactly as you know you wanted in our industry. Like, there's a lot of consent forms people sign, yeah. and most of them there say no guarantee yeah. in yeah. medicine. No now, unless you yeah. and I completely butted heads, and I don't ever want to see you again. I'm going to fix it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to make you. I yeah. will get you in, and I will fix it at no cost. If it's something that I felt like I truly did not hear you on and we did not communicate about and it was something I did or whatever, I, I mean, shit, I, if I even mess up a haircut, I'll find some freaking extensions and help you. Like, I'll <laughs> figure this out. But so just be kind and be upfront. Yeah, and know that, like, everybody's human. Everybody yeah. makes mistakes, and most of the time, it's most of the time, things are poor communication yeah me and Griffin (laughs) shit yeah yeah Okay, um, we are, this is about almost at an hour, so we're going to try to wrap it up, but I think we kind of already talked a little bit about sitting in the chair, different personalities, you know, Maggie and I were kind of talking earlier about being in our careers, you know, it's kind of like a performance every day, 
every day you go to work, you are like on a stage and, you know, one client, you might be talking about TikTok and you don't even understand what Mm -hmm. TikTok is. And then the next client, you might be talking about like insurance plans and retirement and menopause. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Babies. Babies. Like every client is a different kind of like stage that you have to be on. And so it, it really, um, it can be draining. It can be very actually it's like it's rewarding but it's it's kind of draining but it takes a special person Mm -hmm. and that person usually kind of falls into like a therapist role and something that has been like really prevalent on my forefront is that I'm having more clients talk about mental health right now um a lot of clients are going through really deep dark things and recently I found out that a client um one of her best friends committed suicide. Uh, so I think with everything that's going on in the news with the publicity and how suicide is becoming a topic that hopefully more people are able to feel heard um, and seen when they bring it up. But how how are you guys experiencing this? Are y'all hearing more people open up about their mental health struggles? How do you like process that? When, when do you take the next step? You know, it's like, I feel like that's where I'm kind of struggling right now. It's like, how do I be the best provider and still meet their mental and emotional needs without even just bringing it home yourself, you know what I mean? Because it's heavy. Because yeah. we're on this stage oh, and we're performing girl. and we're and we're absorbing it. It's really hard. I still I cannot even begin to say that I have fully mastered not bringing that shit with me. Like I yeah. I know because I mean, your hands are literally on somebody. Mm-hmm. There is such a transfer of energy, and we that get into this field are empaths. No matter we're empathetic people. That's how we are. That's how we get to the place that we are because we are anticipating. Yeah, yeah, we're anticipating your needs. We're going like we're thinking about it. Like I don't. They tell you to do this when you're at the beginning of hairstyling. They tell you to tell your client that you. I was thinking about your hair the other day and stuff like that. They tell you to do that. Interesting. But I think that if you really like love what you're doing you think about that anyway sometimes I actually do I'm like I was thinking we should do this with your hair today Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing um I said all that to say help me shit I went on a tangent it's okay it's okay it's okay um okay where you're you said what I'm so sorry that's okay okay so so I basically was just saying like how do you process it how do you not take it home you said you take it home how do you, you not take it. it home? Yeah, you yeah. can't help it. You just have You're to You're putting learn. your hands on people. Yeah, and that transfers over, and you feel so deeply. I mean, most of these people at this point in the game, for all of us, we have more regulars than we have new clients, and mm-hmm. damn it, you know, like mm-hmm. we love them. We develop relationships. They care about you. You yeah, care yeah, about yeah. them, most of them. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I've gotten to the point now where I just, like, I know it's scary, but I just embrace them. I do, like, with COVID rules and stuff like that. But I'm just like, look, I'm never going to let somebody be in my presence who's hurting without my hands or arms around them if they want it. Yeah. And most people are desperate for it. Absolutely. Right now. And I think that's one of the things that makes our, maybe why we're hearing it more too. I mean, I know that you brought up it's something that's going on so much more in society right now with current events. But 
and that might be bringing it up too, but we are in a field where people do have that safety with us. So they're telling us and like our hands are on them and we're loving them too. And, you know, I think that they give it to us because they know we can handle it and they just can't anymore. And they are starved for human touch right now and interaction. And we can provide that for them. So I think we are hearing it. I think one of the best things we can do for them is be that for them in those moments and just like listen, listen. Yeah. It's like I have gotten to the point. I feel like I hear it almost in my brain sometimes where I'm just like, just listen. For the longest time, I felt like I was trying to solve. Yes. You know, like just coming from like the world of social work, like. listening but also like trying to like problem solve with you like I've got a lot of brides my wedding's canceled you know I get the the seniors that are like not playing sports hoping for the scholarships you know no prom and so it's like I am definitely empathizing and I'm like that does suck it does suck you did deserve that you you deserve that day you deserve that time but then it's like I always try to like find the silver lining yeah and I'm like but you know what it's gonna be amazing no matter what yeah it this is you're gonna have so many things like to look back on yeah um but the mental health stuff you know those like the loss of opportunities Mm -hmm. that's a little bit easier to like help like find the silver lining Mm -hmm. but like the the mental destruction of the clients like losing your mom the, true the grief cancer, happening right true now. Grief, true The, like I said, the, a, fr- yeah. a client's friend committing yeah. suicide. It's like, I, have a client I don't have the words. I have a this year lost her 18-year-old son in a freak car accident. Like, and has been going through this year with that. Like, with another daughter, I have people who have lost one or both of their parents. Like, mm-hmm. my Matthew yeah. lost his parents within two weeks of each other to covid And, you know, all of this stuff is happening. I think maybe just like, it doesn't make it feel any better sometimes, but there's some little bit of comfort in knowing that like, that's the air around us right now. You cannot not be that way. And if you have any underlying mental health already, like depression, bipolar, any of it, hormonal imbalances, all of that kind of stuff. It's going to be exacerbated. It's going to be exacerbated with all of this. There's no way it can't be. So just know there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah, give yourself some grace. Just really, truly know there's nothing wrong with you. The air is thick. It's it's thick. It's heavy with it. There's there is so much shit. I mean, and yes, there is joy in it. That's the weird part about grief, and I have learned that the hard way. When you're grief, and and we're in a we're in a this is grief. Yeah. This is what this is. We're grieving the loss of loved ones, the loss of people, but also the loss of like things that we had hope for yeah. and we're excited yeah. about. Even and, if it's the vacation, you yeah, know, it's or, the it's the yeah, I think it's just like so the year of the letdown. And yeah. no matter what, you don't get to choose what makes you grieve. It sucks. It's just one of those yeah. things that happen in real life. It's better to just lean into it a little bit and let it happen because the weirdest thing that grief has ever taught me is that it is possible to have multiple emotions at one time fully. Mm-hmm. Like you can be sad and happy. And I think just leaning into that and knowing that this is not forever. 
I heard the most beautiful thing about grief the other day, and it's funny because it was on a TV show. So those of you that watch this show will know um, it's on WandaVision. Oh, yeah. And it was the, yeah, what is grief but love persisting? And like, Mm -hmm. oh, it just hit me so hard on that little Marvel show. And I've been Mm -hmm. thinking about it for days because I was like, God, that's like such a great definition. Say it again. What is grief if not love persisting? Like love going on even though like, that's grief. Grief is yeah. the proof you know. of love. Oh, yeah. I just well, love it so much. Of it. I used to imagine I, when I lost Logan, like when he died from suicide, like I used to just cry thinking like, where does this love go? Because that person, it, you can really feel the loss of that energy, mm-hmm. and but it's still there. Yeah. So like it just pours out of you and just, I mean, you can use that for good. Like you can... You can just say, okay, well, here's all this love, everybody. Yeah. I have it to give, so just pour it out because it's going to come out either way. Well, I think this has been a great episode. This yeah. was so fun. Thanks, Maggie. You've Thank been you, guys. so open and so vulnerable, and you've shared a lot. Um, I like that we were able to just kind of talk freely and openly. Um, if you guys are going through anything reach out, you know, whether it's us or somebody else that you feel safe with, just know that you're not alone and that we guarantee you just from hearing so many people every day that there's definitely someone else out there going through the same thing. So talk to somebody. Yeah. Talk to someone. Um, talk to your hairstylist, (laughs) talk to your esthetician. Um, but we're so glad to be back. Thank you for listening after this long hiatus of me and Griffin not communicating. Um, and we just, we love all of you and we're so appreciative of your time and until next time. We want to thank Kelsey Kopecki for letting us use her music and Damian Churchwell for the sound engineering. Please leave us a review, throw us some stars, and subscribe. 